In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, you who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of all that is good, master of life, come dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. Father, and of the Son, and of the Father. Amen. Well, we're going to continue now in chapter 15 of John's Gospel. This is, we just finished. We had 13 with the washing of the feet and the commandment, new commandment and all that. 14, a discourse of Jesus. Now 15, a discourse. And we're uh, going by sections. So verse 16 starts a new section. On the mystery of choice. You did not choose me. I chose you. Isn't that interesting? You know, we think when we finally give our lives over to Jesus uh, that we're doing it. We're yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit in us, which is the call of Jesus on our lives, you see. He takes the initiative. And that's what this whole passage is about. See, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I set you forth, huh? appointed you, if you will, uh, that you should go and bear fruit, fruit, and your fruit will last. So that whatever you ask of my Father in my name, he will give to you. Now, there are three themes here. Jesus' choice of us, that we go and bear fruit. And while we're, and because we're bearing fruit, as it says, you see, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Why? Because you're bearing fruit. If you're bearing fruit, you're bearing me. And he cannot resist you because he loves you and because you're trying to love him. And so this intimacy which is set up between ourselves and the Father is set up because of Jesus' choice. It's worth reflecting on and asking the Holy Spirit to open us up. We could be anywhere, my friends. Anywhere. Geographically, morally, spiritually, we could be anywhere. And the reason we're not is because he chose us, not that we chose him. And when he chooses us, we have to fight to get free of him because he's tenacious. And finally he wins us over. Finally. For some, it's a very gentle process. A fellow wants to, you know, wants to be a good businessman and marry and have a nice family and going and then a little tug to the priesthood starts, you see, and and he oh, yeah, it would be nice, but but and finally no, I'm supposed to do that. Now, who gives him that drive for that choice? It's a difficult choice. It's a strange choice, in a way. Not, you know, from the beginning of the world till now, probably point oh 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 three billion times, 1% of the world is priest. But he's not the only one who's chosen. Talking here to the apostles, every baptized person, 
hears this. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I chose you to go bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Well, what fruit lasts? What do you think would be the fruit that lasts? Love. You bear fruit by leading other people to fall in love with God and learn what love is. That's the job. Every Christian. Nobody is a Christian because on their own they decided it and that was enough. Nobody. If you've decided it, whether you're aware of it at the time or not, you will be sooner or later. This was the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just a gift. And so the gift is, you see, that that you uh, go and bear fruit and that your fruit remain. Isn't that, have you ever, like, helped somebody come to the Lord and then see them take off and turn into a deep, loving, active, winsome, beautiful Christian? The fruit. And it lasts for eternity. Or it can be, uh, as that woman I just mentioned uh, the other day, I think I mentioned it here, if not, I'll tell you again, woman I met, very lovely person, and she told me she'd just been diagnosed with breast cancer. This small incident made such an impression on me. She said, well, I've already, I don't know how bad it is yet, but I've already begun to offer it up to the Lord for the sake of the world. Do you see what a grace that was for her? She didn't choose. God chose. And now she's going to be identified with Jesus. She's going to bear fruit, fruit that will last, much of which she won't see until she's in heaven and they're in heaven. You see, it's like this. There's a, there's a big mud puddle and there's a chain in there. God picks up any chain he wants. And as far as that link will let him pull up, all the other links get out. So if he pulls, pulls up six inches, three or four, 12 inches, eight or 10, 15, 20 feet, lots. That's our vocation. If we're baptized, we have that vocation. And we can live it out any way we want. And what I mean is there are plenty of ways to live it, not any way we want, but learning what God wants. But you see, it comes to the same thing. I, I know of people, I'm thinking of a, of a family right now, big family, and their neighbor is just ugly. Ugly, ugly. Do you know what they did? They baked a cake. They knocked on his door and said, we want to give you this for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it was. The guy was bowled over. You don't go giving loving presents and loving attitudes to people who have just made your life miserable. Unless you know Christ. And so, that's what he's saying here. Fruit that will last. It will last for eternity. That's your fruit. Keho carpo simon meni. I've forgotten how that's... Well, that's my own translation. What do I have here? And your fruit should abide. Um, I See, that you would bear fruit 
That's why I chose you, and that I chose you that your fruit abide. Okay? So that, uh, you see, uh, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. And then, he lays down the commandment. This is the first time in this way. These things I command you, that you love each other. That's the commandment. If you try to do that commandment day by day, hour by hour, you will be a saint. You see, this is my commandment that you love each other. See, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before you. And now we start a whole new theme. You see, uh, see, if you were ek tu kosmo, if you were ek, out of, from, now that's a very important word in John, ek. It means origin and participation. If you're from the world and you're like the world, well, the world's going to like you. And you know, when you live in a life of sin, what do you want? Company and sinning. Because you know darn well you're wrong. But with enough friends around, drinking, having illegal, you know, immoral sex, I don't know, stealing, whatever. You know, you need company. You see? Uh, and so that's what he's saying, see? And the world will hate you because you're a challenge. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Now, because you are not of this world, huh? but because you are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and you get the same thing again, huh? So who does the choosing? Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit. And because of that choice, the Holy Spirit moves us, and we're free. We can respond to that choice, or we can say, I'm busy and do something else. Don't miss the choice. I'm not talking about being damned. I'm talking about having a life in this world and the next that is beyond belief with peace, with joy, with union with Jesus, getting to really know him. Okay. Um, but you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And this is the reason why the world hates you. And now we start a section which is very much like the synoptic tradition, you see? Um, because they do not know the one who sent me, you see. Uh, this is why the world hates you. Remember the word that I spoke to you? And now John uh, recalls words that Jesus spoke. They're in, recorded in the synoptics, not here. Remember the Logos, the word that I spoke to you, that uh, the slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you because you stand for the same thing. You are my presence on earth. The church is the physical presence of Christ on earth. So, you see, if they kept my word, they will keep yours. But they will do these things to you because of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. 
you understand that what is the deep drive behind so much of the godlessness we see today is to try to obliterate the reality which is bearing, which is being born, witness to in our own hearts about God, His Creator Lordship, His love, His saving us from sin. Because if you get into that world, you're going to have to stop being an egomaniac, a power mad man. You see, so this it isn't. Now there are quiet atheists who just go around on it doesn't seem to me there's a God. But we do have what's called militant atheism to obliterate the name and the memory of God. It's impossible. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. You cannot obliterate it. This is where the hatred comes in. We've got to obliterate them, prove that they're wrong, all these people who believe in the Lord. We've got to get rid of them. Somehow or other, inflict so much pain they give up or kill them or drive them into exile. You see, all of this, why? Because they don't know the Father and they don't know me. And that's what is being said, you see. So, uh, if they persecuted me, then they will persecute you. If they kept my word, then they will keep yours. But all of this they will do to you because of my name because they do not know the one who sent me. What a tragedy. This is the drive behind evangelization. And the new evangelization, which the Pope has invested his whole heart in, is what? It's re-preaching the gospel to the Christians. It's letting the Catholics hear the good news again. We've wandered so far from it, we're mixed up. And so now we have to listen to this good news again, and let the Holy Spirit thrill us with it so that we can hardly stop telling everybody about it. That's the message.